Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Um, Welcome back. Welcome to Gardening Naturally. Hope is on the horizon. This may be the last 100-degree weekend for a while. And it can't happen soon enough, folks. It has been terribly, terribly hot. Today may be a record temperature, somewhere around 105 degrees. And tomorrow could be worse or, or could be another record, not as hot, but still a record. Maybe that is finally breaking. That's the best we can hope for. Let's go to the phone. This is Paul. Paul, what can I help you with? Hi, good morning, Jeff. I have a Lady Banks rose growing over an arbor, and one of the branches kind of went rogue on me and went off to the side, and I was going to take it out. Then I, uh, it's about the size, uh, diameter of a pencil, and I decided to uh, try cutting it into uh, six-inch lengths, and I put those into some perlite and kept them watered under a grow light and everything. They've been there for about two months. They put out, they're putting on leaves. My question is, at what point can I risk lifting one up and taking a look at the root system to see if I can maybe start moving them into some uh, individual pots? You can always uh, You can always sacrifice one to check it. I mean, you don't have to pull them all out, but you can see if one is. The fact they're putting on new leaves is very encouraging. That leads me to think that, yeah, they're going to start putting on roots, too. Can you take the container that one is in and simply tilt it to the side, pour out some of the material, and see if you can follow the stem all the way down into it and see if there's roots there without having to pull it out of the material. I've got about a dozen, and they're all in about a six-inch pot with perlite right now. I just started them all in that one pot to get them going. Ah, community pot. Got it. Yes. You can find one that's really shown a lot of new leaf growth. Okay. And slowly, slowly work it out of that material to see if you have roots. You may not, if, if let's say you pull it up one inch, it's been in the soil two inches, you pull it up one inch and you don't see any roots, I might hold on before I go any further. It doesn't mean the other there aren't is, any. So the other option is just don't, don't even look now, but just let them, as long as they're putting on leaves, just leave them alone for another couple months? Yeah, you can. Get them the environment they need. Uh, you're obviously keeping water on them. And some sunshine, you know, at least morning sun, will help them produce more leaves. And that should get them to produce more and more roots. Um, okay, if you pull yeah, them out now, right now, you wouldn't be putting them in the ground anyway, right? No, I'm not putting them in the ground now. They're in perlite. Like I said, they're, right now they're just getting air and water. They're not getting any kind of nutrients or anything. 
if you wanted to, you could uh, next time you do give them water, you could give them some seaweed solution. It's known to promote fruit growth. So if they're starting to set roots, you're going to help them set better roots. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. You bet. Good luck, Paul. That's in, that's a great Thank way you. to wind up with new roses. Yeah, folks. Um, roses propagate fairly easily. Here's the problem. You want a true rose. And by that, I mean one where the roots and the top are from the same plant. A lot of roses, the old Jackson and Perkins company used to get um, rose roots and put a different top on them to get them to grow. And what would happen is occasionally you'd be trimming your roses and next thing you knew, you cut off all of the blooming parts and you didn't know what kind of rose you were going to get. So if you're making cuttings, you really want um, to be careful of that. But it's easy to do. Roses are a plant that will do roots easily and you can have another rose. It's one of many plants where you can take a cutting and get it started. Now, Paul said he had him in there a couple of months. A couple of months is probably right in that window where you would be able to get and keep, be able to get and keep good roots there and start a brand new plant, which, hey, nothing like new roses. Hmm. Haven't seen this one. Um, I'm being asked in a text how to keep locust out of your veggie garden. Um, I'm wondering if these are grasshoppers or locusts. You can try spraying your plants with neem oil, N-E-E-M. Spray late in the day and you want to wet all the leaves really well. You can rinse off the neem oil and still eat the plant, but neem tastes and smells bad to those kind of insects. Can get them to stop eating or at least stop eating your vegetables. But that is one of the easier and safer ways to do it. Um, encouraging birds, the birds will eat those for you and help clean it up. But the neem oil can keep those bugs away from your plants. You may have to spray once a week for a while until you get good control of the problem. Um, in the warm weather, neem oil works really, really well. Uh, it's like I said, it will smell bad and taste bad to these bugs. When it's warm, neem oil stays nice and loose and thin. In cold weather, say as little as 45 degrees, it'll start to thicken up. It'll become like peanut butter. 
uh, someone has made a great suggestion to get rid of those bugs, and that's also called a chicken, or even better, a guinea hen. I know, I know, not everybody has that luxury of being able to have those, but uh, they will go crazy and eat those bugs. And it's good protein for the chickens, so you get better eggs. If you have that luxury, chickens, guinea hens, they are good bug hunters, good bug hunters. Uh, folks, this is um, this is gardening naturally, and I'm coming up on a break here. I got a ton of texts that I'd like to try to get to. Uh, those of you who sent one, thank you. Hang on, I'm going to have to take a break at the middle of the hour here, and when I come back, I'll start looking at them again and try to get them answered for everybody. There's some really good text here. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Trying to get to some of these text messages. Um, I got a question for you, or I got a question in I am sorry. I don't have an answer for this one. Um, are the roses going to survive? I have three roses. I have a grandma's yellow, which did spectacular blooms this year. They were so true yellow, really beautiful. And I have a red knockout. And I have a Marie Pavi which produces these really pretty pinkish clusters. Uh, it's a gorgeous rose. The two, the yellow and the knockout, didn't get any extra water. That's uh, as much as I wanted to. I just couldn't get it to them. Are they going to make it? I cannot tell you till we get our first rain. A lot of these plants will be hurting. They will go very, very dormant. And the rain, once we get cooler temps and we get real rain, will give them a chance to come back. It doesn't mean they're going to come back, but it will give them the opportunity to do so. Now, my Marie Pavi rose sits in the range of the AC condensation that comes out of the house. So it always has some amount of water available to it. It still takes a beating from the temperatures, don't get me wrong, but it is doing well. I expect it to be here once we break the heat. But my other two, I'm not sure. I am not sure if they're going to make it and I really can't give an answer until we get rain. And you know, it has to be somewhat significant rain. A tenth of an inch is not enough. It helps. Don't get me wrong. A tenth of an inch helps. But we need an inch or more in one setting 
that soaks in, that really goes deep to really start turning things around. The cooler temperatures means the plants will have less demand for water. That's always a win. That's always a win. The lower the demand, the less water you need. So those things are coming up simply because of the drop in temperatures. Should you be trimming these? Yeah, when it's cooler, you can cut out everything that's dead in an effort to encourage you to put on new branches. Now, if we get rain and it's enough and my roses come back, I will be up there cutting out the dead. There'll probably be a lot of it, but it will encourage the plant to put on new growth. And that may help it come back. I mistreated it this year, no doubt about it. Did not spend the effort to get it the watering that it needed. Now, those of you who are are talking about cutting plants back, wait till it cools off. Can't emphasize this enough. You're not really helping by hacking away a plant that's grown too big, especially if it's one that stays outside. Now, if it is an indoor plant, well, of course, it's in a controlled environment and gets regular water. But if it's an outside plant and it suddenly is just sprawling everywhere, ignore it. Wait till we get a break in the temperature. There's uh, other questions. Let's look. Um, yeah, it was 110 in Spicewood yesterday. That is that is insane. That is insane. The current weather report says today we'll get to 105. This has got to end soon. Let's go to the phone. This is Travis. Travis, what can I help you with? Well, hello, Jeff. Hey, listen, I got a qu easy question for you, probably. I have a peach tree that's about 20 years old, and I think I've heard you say before that it's uh, pretty much on its last leg. Now, my question for you is I've got a shoot coming out from the bottom. You know how they'll sprout up? And now it's about, it's coming from the ground, and it's about four foot tall. If I trim that tree up and cultivate it, is that going to be a new tree, or is it still going to be really the old tree? I think it's still going to be really the old tree. That doesn't mean it won't work. It's just, I don't know if you'll be able to trim it, shape it, and have it turn out to be a productive peach for you. It may. I have people tell me they leave the shoot and take the, take away the tree, and everything works out fine. But it's not something that um, everybody wants to bet on. For what you're, you're going to do, buying a new tree. Yeah, for what you're okay. going to do, and we're so close. To that season the nurseries will be getting them in soon 
You can get rid of the old one, find a good spot for the new one, or leave the old one. Cut that water spout shoot off and keep your existing tree trimmed really well and find a spot to put in a new one. If the old tree winds up dying, hey, you got a new one for it. So Okay, that sounds it, great. Yeah, it's a no-lose situation for you. Thank you, sir. Thank you much for the call, Travis. Yeah, folks, um, if you, whether it's a fruit tree or a landscape tree, shade tree, whatever you want to call them, if the tree is on its last legs, if that tree is starting to really reach the end of its life, it just can't be pruned up anymore, it's not growing well, if it's growing at all. When the minute you notice this, you wanna plant a new tree. Put it in the right place so that if you lose the old one, it's not gonna take 10 years to get a new one to that size and provide the same amount of shade. I cut down to, Arizona ashes. I put in new trees to take up where they were to continue to provide me with shade. And they have done so. I put those trees in before we cut down the ashes. And when the ashes went, I had established trees already growing. The same is true with your fruit trees. Those of you who've been caring for peaches and you wind up with a really old tree, but it's got lots of knots in it, it's got sap leaking everywhere, it just isn't doing well, you want to get a new peach tree in there. And soon, find a good spot near where the existing one is. And what you can wind up with, oh, gee, I get two different peaches. My old one, which was type X, and the new one, which is type Z. So you get a variety of peaches as your older tree starts to fade out on you. It's kind of, it's kind of disappointing, you know, but it gives, it continues with shade when the old one is gone or it continues with fruit production for you. Get as much as you can out of the old one, but get a new one there so you don't have a gap in seasons. That is an easy way to keep getting fruit, especially if you can get a new one in there that you can spend the time and really from day one, start shaping it correctly, trimming it correctly, you know, taking care of it the way it should be. This is a great opportunity here. Don't wait till you remove a tree to put the new one in. They can grow next to each other surprisingly well for a very long time. That way, when you cut down the old ones, you have an established new one already in place. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We need to break for the news. We'll be right back. 
This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, folks. Um, other than the jokes about, hey, it's a cold front coming through, we're only going to be 105 today, uh, we're finally caught up on most of the text messages here. So much of what we need revolves around the rain. Now, cooler temperatures mean less demand for water. But we are so dry. Exceptional drought throughout the central Texas area. The lakes are low. The aquifers are low. We have to have rain. Now, what about our plants? Are they going to make it? No idea. No idea. It, 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 it's a coin toss at the moment. This kind of heat, this kind of lack of water has been so brutal. So there is time to get some rain first and a tad bit of patience between some rain and some cooler temperatures, okay, plants may may recover. Now, you may have a rose that had 10 stalks on it and lots of blooms, and right now it has maybe three healthy stalks on it. That happens. But it's still alive, and it will recover. We really can't make a decision. Is such and such going to make it? Don't know. We won't know till we actually get rain. Um, it is so. It is so disappointing. We haven't had this kind of brutal in a bit, um, though they're becoming more frequent. And the lack of rain really piles up when we talk about the heat. That is what's causing most of our problem. That is causing most of our problem. If it were this hot, but we got our normal rainfall, it would be less destructive to what we have in our garden, our landscapes. This would not be the killer that it's been for us now. It's not just these incredibly high temperatures. Take those temperatures and take away all the water. That is what we've been dealing with. And the plants are showing it. I have some things out there that are still blooming. I got to think really hard as to what it is. Uh, uh, I can't think of what ones are blooming for me because they're taking such a beating. The stalks are missing from my yuccas. Uh, 
They've dried up and fallen off. My lantana, which gets some supplemental water because of where it's laying, it's still blooming. My beauty berry already bloomed and still has purple berries on it. So they are disappearing very, very rapidly uh, because of the uh, mockingbirds. My Turk's cap sort of, sort of, sort of blooming. It needs more water than I have. So don't know, don't know about the plants that are not blooming. Are they going to make it back? Rain, folks. Rain, 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 rain. Uh, I got a question here about planting oak trees. That's always a valuable tree in our environment. You, they want a shade tree. I have. They want to plant a bur oak. I have a bur oak. It's almost, it's at least 15 years old. It could be almost 20. I have to go check some records to figure it out. And when I planted it, it was like a whip. You know, it was about as big around as my thumb. Right now, it's probably a four-inch diameter tree with its 15 foot tall, maybe a little bit more, with a pretty decent canopy on it. I would not consider it, I would not consider it to be a fast growing tree. 20 years and that size, I would not consider that to be a fast growing tree. If you're looking for one that is faster, I would consider a Monterey oak. It can get large size. 20 to 30 feet is not unusual. It grows much faster than many of the other oaks do. But a word of caution here. During the freeze-pocalypse, I lost my Monterey oak. It had been in the ground 12 years. Four-inch diameter trunk and no froze, and it didn't recover. It was definitely the tree I wanted. Nice canopy, almost always evergreen, grew fast, had nice size to it, and was only gonna get bigger, but it didn't handle the freeze. And that was truly disappointing. A bur oak, not fast. It is not a fast growing tree. It's hard to tell what's going on. A bur oak, my bur oak has been quite drought tolerant. I've had all the leaves fall off at the wrong time of the year because it was a drought, but they came back once we got rain. The big key, getting some rain. But a Monterey, will get you about 
75% of the bur oak in a much faster period of time. It's a beautiful tree. It's healthy, has very few problems. But um, a bur oak is a great tree. It's just slower. It takes it a longer period of time for it to get to be big and cover and provide shade like you want. Are there trees other than oaks? Sure. The Texas ash grows quickly, grows tall. The lace bark elm, the cedar elm, those are all Those are all uh, trees that would be great backyard shade trees. And they're all faster than a bur oak. And I have people texting me here that they really have to provide water to their bur oak or the leaves will turn brown and drop in the summer. So... Asking which one is the right one, I don't, I love my bur oak. I think the leaves are beautiful. I think the tree is gorgeous. But I don't think it's either fast or the best choice for what you're looking for. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Kind of got through throwing a curve there when we were talking about trees. Um, Monterey oak, fast-growing, good-looking tree. Burr oak, beautiful, big tree. But it takes it quite a while to get to that point. And it could use a little more water some, sometimes. Well, then the person that texted me said, look, I'm looking for something that spreads its branches. So I've got a big wide canopy. Oh, that's not a Monterey. That's not known for that so much. And uh, even a burrow takes it quite a while to get spread out nicely. One tree that will do it is a Texas ash. They can be very, very wide trees. I used to have one. It got gobsmacked in the uh, freeze, in the freeze apocalypse, the first freeze. And it tried really hard to come back. Tons of little shoots coming off of the trunk everywhere. We just did not like the look of that. Didn't want to have to take the time to time to clean it up, things like that. We removed that tree. It was kind of heartbreaking. It had been there as long as the house had been. But it was not going to be coming back very healthy. But for what it's worth, it was a tree that had a... Uh, very, very widespread on it and did a good job of shading the yard. So that's a choice to look at. And then there are some people who would tell you 
you can go with one of the live oaks, like an escarpment live oak. That's true. They're pretty tough trees. They need water to get established without a doubt. And yeah, live oaks can get huge in your granddaughter or grandson's time. They are not speed demons in growing up, but they can give you those real wide branches and lots of canopy cover if that's what you're looking for. You have to kind of plan a live oak time-wise. Maybe you um, leave it for, you put it in with the idea the next homeowner is going to enjoy it more than you. What else works good here? Um, there are other trees, of course. There's lots and lots of other trees. But to compare with the burr, we're still sticking around to what we have now. The choices are really overwhelming. You have so many, so many possible trees to pick from that will do well in our area. Almost too many. You can go to Texas Tree ID. Texas Tree ID. .tamu.edu. If you simply put in your search engine, Texas trees, you'll start narrowing it down. And there is a really good guide called the Trees of Texas from the Texas A&M Forestry Service. And it gives you lots of information about the trees that do particularly well here. And good drawings to show you ones that are very upright or ones that are sprawling so that you can determine what it's gonna do or what you wanna have to do um, to grow in your property. Do you need something with a big sprawl to give you lots of shade? Well, there's Lots of examples of that and ones in where they will grow height, uh, whether they're deciduous, they bloom, they produce, uh, they produce a uh, flower. Lots of good choices in this guide, really good choices for looking for shade. It's, I have an affinity for the burr because I have one and it's been there a long time and it started getting big. It's uh, my choice. But you, if you're starting a new tree, have so many opportunities for you that can meet your exact needs. So like I said, Put in the search engine, 
trees of Texas, Texas A&M Forest Service, and it will give you a great guide. Let's go to the phone quick. This is Bobby. Bobby, what can I help you with? Well, I've got, uh, I've always wanted a, an American elm. I've got one. I planted it, took real good care of it. It has slept, it has crept, and now it's leaving, sleeping, leaving, leaving. But the first time I saw a little bit of edge on it due to the heat. So last night I went out after the hose had cooled down and I wetted the foliage, and this morning I wetted the foliage just a little bit. It's always got water on it. It gets watered twice a day for 20 minutes with a little, the little plastic hose end things. Just enough. I don't soak it. And my question to you is, I know he's too far south, et cetera, et cetera, but what can I do to alleviate his pain and stress in this extraordinary heat situation? I don't think you're making a benefit by wetting down the leaves. Making sure that it has the water it needs is probably a good clue. Uh, you can always foliar feed it with seaweed solution or drenched seaweed to help give it the strength it needs to survive in this kind of weather. Um, and you only have maybe two more, uh, another week to go before we should be out of this heat. With any luck, next weekend we'll start be start thinking about actual fall. Uh, but everything else you're doing sounds correct. It wouldn't be growing as well if it wasn't. Um, now you say drenched with seaweed. What does that entail? Do I, you know? It's a solution. You can buy the concentrate at a nursery. Generally, if you're drenching, fill a five-gallon bucket with water, put in the right amount of seaweed, and start pouring it around the root zone. Bobby, I'm out of time. I'm sorry. Thanks for the call, folks. I will talk to you all tomorrow at 8.